Hello and welcome to the Achieve Your Goals podcast, the show that empowers you to wake up to your full potential and achieve your biggest goals and dreams. I am your host, Hal Elrod, and I invite you to join us each week as we share actionable strategies to take your life to the next level, as well as interview world-class experts and entrepreneurs who have achieved extraordinary goals themselves, and we ask them to give you a peek behind the curtain and teach you exactly what you need to do to do the same. Ready? Here we go. Hello, everybody. We had, I think, 591 uh, registered for the masterclass today. This is Hal Elrod, and I want to welcome you to today's special masterclass, which is brought to you by the Achieve Your Goals podcast. And this will air as a special episode of the Achieve Your Goals podcast. It's also brought to you by Front Row Dads. And the masterclass today is on how to achieve your family goals in 2020. Uh, For me, getting cancer a few years ago was a huge wake-up call that I said family was my number one priority. But if you looked at my schedule, it didn't tell the same story. There was a misalignment in that family I valued more than anything, yet I was putting them on the back burner for work way too often. And it took my good friend here, John Vroman, who founded Front Row Dads, which is a mastermind for family men with businesses, not businessmen with families. And I think far too often as an entrepreneur uh, or in life in general, right? As a dad, you often get focused on work, on being a provider, and you lose sight of the fact that your kids aren't going to remember how many paychecks, you know, how many mortgage payments you made or how much money you accumulated, right? Or how many achievements, if you're an entrepreneur, that you got under your belt. They're going to remember how much time you spent with them and the impact that the time you spent made on who they became and their character and their emotional well-being. And as you, we all know, you can't get that time back, right? You can always make more money. You can't make more time. And uh, ever since I've been a member of Front Row Dads, which is since it began, John, what, what year did you start Front Row Dads? It would have been October of 2016. October of 2016. So we're on so th- over three, three years, years yeah. now. So I've been there since the first retreat. And ever since then, it's the number one thing now that John and I talk about. Every time we talk before, we talk about business. And I, it was embarrassing. My wife would always go, hey, so how's, uh, how's Tatiana and, and how are the kids? And I would go, uh, I have no idea. And she'd go, you were just talking to John for like an hour. I'm like, yeah, well, I, we, don't, we don't talk about family, right? We just talk about business. And that's, sadly, that's, that's too often the conversation. And again, it's going, well, family's my number one priority, but I don't talk about them. I don't, I don't put them first in my schedule, right? And so John really decided that he wanted to step up in his own life. And because if family was going to be number one, he needed to find a way to align his work with that that value. And so he founded Front Row Dads. And it's been hugely transformative for me and hundreds of other members of Front Row Dads over the years. And I'll tell you how today's masterclass came about, and then we'll dive right in. We're going to flip the script. John's going to interview me. So if you're listening to the Achieve Your Goals podcast, you've heard this like once or twice. We've done this before with other people. But John said a few months ago, we were talking a few weeks ago about family and about what we're going to do differently in 2020. And I was sharing some radical changes that I'm making in my life, like radical changes that were very difficult to make. Now I'm so happy that I did. And he said, Hal, why don't we flip the script and all interview you and you share like how you came to these changes, how you're making such difficult changes that'll give other people permission and courage to really put family first in 2020 and achieve all of their family goals. And I said, that sounds fun. Let's flip the script. You can interview me. And uh, so, John, I'll turn it over to you. And I don't know if you have any, anything that I missed there in the introduction, but uh, otherwise we can get, jump into the questions. No, man, that's perfect. And uh, I'm so excited about this. You know, I, thinking about some of the things that you shared recently, just days ago at Best Year Ever Blueprint in San Diego from the stage in front of 500 people and the, the amount of comments that I had heard both directly directed at me. I overheard the comments directed to you about what you shared and the impact of that. And I can't wait to get into some of that today. So I just want to say thanks for making time because I know this is something you're really focused on, buddy, is where you invest your time. And I think what's really cool about this is that as we'll sort of unpack you know, family being one of your highest values. And I say one of your highest because 
you know, family is one of your highest values. And what I was about to say is that, you know, I say one of because I think we'll we'll get into your values and and how you've ranked them. And uh, there's a reason why I say one of your highest values. Yeah. So I'm excited to get into that and see how things change. So cool is that as somebody you are very well read. Right, you have you have explored a great deal of content and information, and you've dug deep into yourself. I can't wait to see what we'll find out because many of us have been on this journey with you, buddy, and uh, I can't wait to see the evolution. So let's first of all get into let's talk a little bit about the year. I think that it makes sense to start because we're recording this in December, depending on when people are listening. If you're live or listening on the recording, yeah, it's December, and we're closing out not only a year but a decade, right? And so let's take a moment and look back and say, what was this year about for you, and and what can we celebrate with you? in 2019? What were some highlight moments, if you will? Yeah. Well, I'll start by just being real transparent in that this, as you know, this was the most difficult year of my life. And uh, a big part of that started with me uh, losing sight of my values, right? I mentioned that when I was on the cancer journey, I got really clear that I was I was a workaholic. I was working way too much and, and putting that first. And what happened is I got a, a book deal for The Miracle Equation, right? With a traditional publisher. And then I had all these deadlines that were for six months that just stressed me out. And I I realized that I had taken a huge step backwards in living my values of putting family first because I had to have this book done and I had to have this chapter was due. And and all of a sudden, I'm staying up late to to write and I can't make it to be by my wife's side at our family, you know, friends. I mean, you were there sometimes, right? My poor wife was by herself with the kids. And once I had committed, I was like in the middle of it, I couldn't undo it. So the year started off really rough for me in that regard. And then I got really clear from that, learning the hard way that I have gone out of alignment with my values. I've, I've unlearned the lesson that I had learned throughout the cancer journey that I was on. And so I, once the book was done, I went, okay, I got to dive into family. And you know, there were some high moments in terms of like my daughter, Sophie, for her 10th birthday. Uh, I took her to see Queen with Adam Lambert. I made it a front row experience. Uh, you know, we did. Uh, we I flew her first class. Like we we went all out. Uh, picked up in a limo. Like never done anything like that for the whole family, let alone just me and my daughter. Really, a special time. But that's not the highlight to me. Um, the, to me, the brightest moments from this year uh, really are found in the daily, the weekly, and the monthly rituals that my wife and I have put into place to ensure that our family, we are strengthening our bond and our connection. And I'll give you a few examples of these that you can model in your own world or in your own way, in your in your family. The first is I now have two hours scheduled every morning with my kids. So before they go to school. So the first hour at 6 a.m., I wake up, I wake my kids up, I do the miracle morning with them. And uh, we'll see how long this lasts because we've been here for a few months, but th- this has come and gone before. So I'm not saying this is going to be forever. Hopefully it will be this time. I feel like we found our groove. But from 6 a.m. to 7 a.m., we do a miracle morning together. From 7 a.m. to 8 a.m., I help my wife uh, get the kids ready. So my wife, Ursula, and I, we, we make di- lunch as a family, and I help them make breakfast as a family and get the kids out the door. And then two days a week, I drive them to school. So Tuesdays and Thursdays, I take the kids to school, which extends it from till about 8.30. So from 6 a.m. to 8 or 6 to 8.30, it's family time in the morning. And I mean, John, you know me. And I think for most entrepreneurs, like that's not how it used to be. My wife, I used to delegate it to her. You get the kids ready. I'm working. I'm paying the bills. I'm providing for our family. And John, you're the one that said that to me years ago when you were founding Front Row Dads that you realized that your kids are not going to remember or value or be shaped by how many mortgage payments you made, right? Or how many books you sold or how many speeches you gave Right, they were. Go- it was about the impact that you made in their life, and the only way to do that is through quality time. And you, really just I can't thank you enough for inspiring and living that as an example for me, because that changed my world more than almost anything. So the daily rituals: I wake them up in the morning, spend two hours of quality time in the morning, and then uh, I now only work. This was a big one. I only work when the kids are in school. So I get off every day at 3.30 and so that when they get home, I can greet them. We can go play ping pong or go shoot hoops or play a board game or whatever. But I, again, it's realizing we've heard it from all the parents that have kids that are grown. Man, I wish I would have spent more time. I can never get that time back. I shouldn't have worked so much. I shouldn't have traveled so much. And it took me a long time to get that. You know, I, There's a little bit of like my daughter's 10. I'm like, God, why didn't I figure this out when she was one? 
You can't go back in time and change the past, but you can change everything else. So I only work when the kids are in school. So that's from eight to three thirty. And then last but not least, I put them to bed every night. I read them a story every night before bed and help with their bedtime routine. And you know, and so I like bookending the day with some quality time with both the kids. And then the one other thing I wanted to share, we finally started doing weekly family meetings a couple of months ago. This was this was a tough one to get uh, my wife on board, and then she's like, she ran away with it. Now she runs the meetings, which is so great because I'm I'm great at getting things started. I don't like running stuff, so she actually has taken over, and she's like, we've all got journals and you know printed with Elrod family meeting, and we've got an agenda, and, and the meeting is essentially to give everybody in the family a voice to talk about what's going well, what are we grateful for, what do we appreciate about everybody. But then what, what, where are we struggling? What are some areas? And our kids have said some things to us. I'll give you a real specific example. We asked our kids, hey, is there anything that mom or I do that you don't feel great about? And my seven-year-old son said, well, sometimes you guys fight in front of us and, and I, I really don't like it. It really scares me and it, it makes my stomach feel tight. I'm like, I just brought, and then my, we look at my daughter and she's going, yeah, I get really tight in my stomach too. And I'm, I'm just going, oh my God, yeah. you know, that break, my wife and I look at each other. And so, you know, now if it wasn't for these family meetings, these weekly rituals, we wouldn't have been conscious because the point of that is to create a safe space where everybody can share what they might be afraid to share. And that goes adults, kids. And so since then we've limited screen time. The kids actually came to family meeting asking for more screen time. And we explained why they needed less screen time. And they agreed. And they're like, that's amazing. We're like, wow, if it wasn't for the family meeting. So, and then monthly we do the date nights and things with the kids and quarterly we do the family board meetings. But those rituals to me are the high points of our life. Cause it's not about the vacation. It's not about the trip. That's not what shapes your kid's character. It's how are you showing up every day? What's the quality time that you're spending with them every day? How connected do you feel? And, and maybe most importantly, I got this from a book I'm reading right now, Hold On to Your Kids. The most important thing from a parent and a child, it's not about their behavior. It's not about, you know, we're always trying to change behavior. It's about the strength of the relationship. Yeah. That gives you influence in your kid's life. How much do they feel loved and, and connected and respected by you? Not disciplined, and not, right? And so that's been a huge game changer is to spend that quality time where they really feel a deep connection and, and, you know, and we feel it too. How, you know, when you talk about your schedule and talk about getting off at three o'clock every day, I can imagine that, uh, you know, if we share it, that some people that you might share that with might have the reaction and say, hey, that must be really nice, right? Like, I wish, sure. I, wish I had a life that I could do that. And I reflected on that for a second and thought, okay, so 10 years ago, I was leaving a corporate position and starting a new journey into this entrepreneurial space. I spent all my savings. The year after that, they were foreclosing on my home. I share that because I've been in places where financially it was a wreck, right? Yeah. I've also been in places where I was making more money and had more choice in my daily schedule. You know, I had the freedom to be able to do some things that I couldn't, maybe felt I couldn't do at other times in my life. But the one thing that I also recognize in my own life and watching other people is that regardless of their position in life, that time with their kids or investing into their family is really comes down to a choice. Because I've seen people, in other words, without the financial means, spend a lot of time with their kids. And I've seen people with a lot of financial means not spend time with their kids. Yeah. And so I just wanted to bring that up because I think that's a really big distinction that a lot of this does come down. And we're not talking about the dire straight situations where, it, listen, of course, food, safety, right? Shelter. Uh, those things are basic human needs. But once those are met, it's too easy to get into startup mode with your business and say this one more thing, this one more quarter, this one more launch, this one more activity. For all of us, I think, and I've seen this again with all different financial demographics is people that make choices. So do you yeah. see the same thing? Absolutely. I mean, when I and when my daughter was born, my wife and I moved back in with my dad because we were broke. We had we had to my house was foreclosed on. I had nowhere to live and no money, and like we just moved with my dad, right? So I mean, you know, I was humbling. I was thirty years old moving back in with dad with my wife and our soon to be born daughter. You know, and yeah. So uh, so I, we've been, I've been on both sides as well. Let's talk about values because I want to go back to the comment I made earlier about family as one of your highest values. What are your values and how is that now starting to shape and shift things in your world presently? Yeah, I've gotten really clear that what has caused all of my problems and every challenge that you face, uh, you could, my coach, Jeffrey Williams, he says that every challenge you face is filling your day with things that are not in alignment with your values, mm. right? Things that you don't love to do. 
and that cause you stress. And usually there are other people's values that are being thrust upon you and you're, you're not, you're not blocking them. You're just, you're, you're taking it and you're doing it. So for me, I've gotten really clear on my values and it's been a long process to live them. You know, I've, I didn't just, I wasn't able to just rip the bandaid off and just go, okay, these are my values and I'm living them. Right. Um, you might, for example, realize that you value something that your, your work is not in alignment with, right? Maybe, maybe you don't love your work and it's causing you stress. It's not your passion. Well, it doesn't mean that you quit tomorrow, but it, it, I would say it should mean that you should plan your exit strategy, right? Life's too short to do something that you don't love doing. Uh, so for me, my three top values are health, family, and freedom. And I would prioritize them in that order. And health is only really above family because without my health, as I le- almost learned the hard way, you can't be there for your family, right? So that is my highest priority, but the, the family in my heart, right? That's really my, my top priority. So, and then what I've done this year is, and this is actually the, maybe the most important lesson I shared at our best year ever blueprint event last week, which is that you have to uh, get clear on your values. And then here's the lesson, or that's one lesson, but it's to shut down everything that is not in alignment with your values. And so what that looks like for me, it was big, major changes. It was our best year ever annual event. You probably heard, we made, I made this the last one because I realized it took so much time and energy and stress on me and my body that it was counterproductive to my health and counterproductive to my family. Time with my family took me away from them. Now, freedom, it provided income. So that was part of the hard reason it was you know, to shut down and letting down a lot of people. It's this great event. I run a mastermind. We shut down the mastermind, another huge part of my business. We also, uh, I, I canceled three international speaking engagements, which were some of my highest profile, highest paid speaking engagements. One was in Russia, one was in Ukraine, and one was in Santorini, Greece, the number one travel destination in the world. But they all fell on my kids' holiday breaks and it didn't work out to take them with me. So I thought if I'm going to be in Russia or Ukraine or Greece versus at home with my kids, it's a no-brainer. And that to me is the lesson. Once you're clear on your values, you have to love yourself enough and love your family enough to shut down everything that conflicts with your highest values. Because if you don't, life's going to pass you by and you look back and go, what the hell was I doing that all for? How could I have let that happen? And it's a hard thing to do and it's not overnight. But if you can do those two things, write down a list of what are my highest values, write down all your values, then prioritize what are your top three. And I would imagine if you have a family, family's up there, whether it's the family that you were born with, born into or, or created or the family that you chose, right? You know, friends and circle of influence, but get really clear on what are your highest values and then, and then start looking at what do I need to shut down that is conflicting with these values because that's where fulfillment comes. Fulfillment comes when you shut down the things that don't align with their values and you start living a schedule that you love to live. Time doing the things that mean the most to you. Yeah. I want to ask you in a second how about saying no, because that is such a difficult thing. I want to talk to you about how do you say no, right? Because I hate disappointing people. Right. Um, I know you do too. Yeah. So let's get into that in a second. But before we do, I just also want to mention to anybody that's with us live that if you have a question and you want to post it, we will be reviewing these towards the end of the call. And uh, we'd love to try to get to as many of those questions as possible. So feel free to, you should have a Q&A option there on your screen for anybody that's joining us and feel free to post a question there. Or if, if you'd like, you can post it in the chat box as well. So how let's get into how do you say no? What have you figured out about that? Yeah, it's once you're clear on your value. So I, I gave these lessons. And, and again, my coach, Jeffrey Williams, actually inspired this as well. He's adding a lot of value to my life. But so uh, he said, we were talking and we were talking, he, he's big on the cause of disease is dis-ease from not living in line with your values, right? You create stress in your body. And if you don't stop that, right, your life will stop you from not living in line with your values. And so he gave me a really simple framework. He said, know yourself, love yourself, and be yourself. And know yourself is to, and I already, we we touched on this, but it's to know what your values are, right? Get really clear on your values. Love yourself is to be, love yourself enough and your family enough. I said this earlier to shut down everything that is not in alignment with your values. And then number three, be yourself is to create a schedule that is filled with things that you love to do. And like I said, this isn't an overnight process, but here's the reality. Anything is possible if you're committed. You can change anything in your life, no matter where you are now, there's, there's nothing that's preventing you other than our own limitations, self-imposed limitations, limiting beliefs from 
going where we want to go, creating what we want to create. So it starts with being willing to scheduling time and being willing to sit down and go, what are my values? What are the things I do right now that are not in alignment with these values? What do I, what changes do I need to make? Right? So know yourself, know your values, love yourself, shut down things that aren't in alignment and be yourself. Start living true to your values because that is your authentic self. And that is where happiness is. That is where joy comes from. It's where fulfillment comes from. And so when it comes to, so, so that's the setup. And then how do you say no? Once you're clear, you've got to have those tough conversations and you just have to tell people exactly kind of what I said. You say, Hey, I've gotten really clear. These are my values. I'm no longer willing to say no or to, or to say yes to things that, that, that don't feel right to me. And, you know, as much as I love you, right, today was actually my last team meeting. I, I disbanded my team, another huge change. I'd built a team all year. And I said, guys, I, I've got to cut it off. I got to focus on health and family this year and doing what I need to do minimally to support the family, but not changing the world and growing this movement right now. I got to kind of put that on pause while I take care of my mental, physical, and emotional health. And so that was it. It was just being really clear. Hey guys. And it was drawing the line in the sand. I here, here's the deal. I was too wishy-washy for quite a while. I was like, I, I kind of need to step away, but I don't want to hurt your feelings. And you guys have put so much time into it. Like that's how I was. And so we just kept having meeting after meeting after meeting. And I would be stressed out going, why are we having this meeting? What? I don't even know what to talk about. I'm trying to end this. And a good friend of ours, Amber Vilhauer, uh, she said, Hal, it's like an ex-girlfriend. She gave me the analogy, like an ex-girlfriend that you're still you know, calling that you know it's not right. She's not in alignment with your values, but you're still calling her because you, you love her and you don't, you feel bad to break up with her. She goes, you need to have your final meeting and go, guys, I love you, but it's time to end this, right? At least, at least until further notice. And so it's being willing to love yourself enough to not only shut down the things, but part of shutting down the things that are out of alignment with values is being willing to have those difficult conversations. And if you need to, script it out, right? Here's three bullet points. These are my values. What we're doing is not in alignment. And here's what's changing. I'm sorry if that hurts your feelings, but I, I've got to do it, right? And you just, you have to be courageous. And I'll tell you, it was so scary to do it, John. You know, it took me months to shut down all these projects and things I've been doing. But now I'm like, oh my God. I know I, I'm so grateful to you to all the support of our friends, the front row dad members, the band members, because you guys were a big part of helping me to get clarity on this. You know, my neighbor, Tim Nikolai, front row dad, band member of ours, all of you guys really helped me to, you know, you supported me to have that courage. And now that I just did it, and it was all those conversations were painful and difficult to have. But I'll tell you on the other side of those conversations is liberation, is you getting to actually live fully express the way that you want to live. Also want to clarify for anybody who might be new to this conversation uh, of what is a band, right? And a band for everybody is uh, for it, within Front Row Dads, within our brotherhood. This applies to everybody, men, men and women. Uh, it could be any category, any topic, any business, any industry, uh, whatever. It's a small group. So we, our rule is four people meeting monthly, preferably in person, but sometimes virtually. And we have, of course, guidelines and you know uh, intentions set in place for our band. Ours, for our group, for everybody, is no business talk. And um, we take turns leading the group. So each one of us leads for three months and then we pass the baton to somebody else. And that way, over the course of the year, each person gets a chance to lead equally. And we've had reviews of each other. Hey, where, where do we see strengths in one another? Where do we see blind spots? For us, the band concept was a play on both a band of brothers, but also literally like a band where people bring new talent to the table. And as a result of that, you make something better because of the group playing together. And what I want to honor, Hal, is that you show up to those meetings, to those breakfast meetings with such authenticity, such, you know, you're open, you're vulnerable. And the reason that you hear the message is because you ask great questions and you receive information. And it's not always about agreeing with everything everybody says, you know, it's about that great debate that happens where you, you discuss things and you look at it from different angles. But it's been said so many different ways that we can't see the label from inside the jar. Uh, and that's been said by lots of people in lots of different ways. But the concept is there where we often need people in our lives that we've invited in. We've created a safe space to, be ha to have that dialogue, right? And we should have that for our businesses and we should have that for our personal lives. Things that are important to us, we should have crafted conversations around those subjects. And so this was missing for me. It, yeah. uh, 
I've been, I feel fortunate to have had lots of friends in life, right? To have lots of great conversations, lots of fun asking. And, and I would go deep with friends and great conversation, but nothing's been quite like what's happened over the last year with our band where we have momentum and things are building, right? And to me, that's really, really exciting. Yeah. Yeah. It is. And I mean, I, I, earlier before we started the recording today, I was like, John, Hey, I need to have some front row dads one-on-one time with you. Like, you know, just to discuss some challenges that are going on in my family and, and have a brother, a friend that I can, that I can count on to give, you know, give perspective. And it's, I mean, it's been, it's been a game changer for me. Yeah, absolutely. Let's talk about these values, how also, and as we do, I'd invite everybody who's listening to consider your own values or maybe to carve out some time, especially this time of year to sit down and say, what do I value and how have my values maybe shifted? But your values, health, family, and freedom, Yeah, correct? Yeah. yeah. And when you, when you look at those values, when you think about health, let's stay there for a quick moment. This applies to everybody, right? Because they say, right, when you have your health, you have a thousand dreams, but when you don't have your health, you have just one, right? Yeah. And so let's talk about your health a little bit. And I want to talk physical and mental health, uh, which are two huge subjects. Um, we, we can add spirituality to that too, or any other type of health that we want to sure. consider. But talk to us a little bit about where that journey has taken you and how is this so important to achieving your family goals? Why is health, mental and physical for you so important with achieving your family goals? Yeah. So my health, so quick status update on uh, my physical health is great. I'm, you know, I've, I've been tested for cancer. I'm still tested. I've been in remission for the last couple of years. I get tested every few months. They're not finding any cancer cells or precancer cells. So that's very good news. But I am still on chemotherapy for five more months, which is getting, it's more difficult every month that goes by. My mental health this year has been the first time in my life where it has been excruciating. I've developed, and I talked about this at the Best Year Ever Blueprint, but I, um, about a year ago, I started developing anxiety for the first time in my life. I've never had anxiety. And I've gone through some tough stuff, right? My car accident when I was 20, told I would never walk again, and I'm a super positive guy. I'll be the happiest person you've ever seen in a wheelchair. And then I'm diagnosed with cancer. I go, best thing that ever happened to me. I'm sure I'm going to learn and grow. So interestingly enough, physically, the cancer journey was the most difficult thing I've ever endured in my life. I lost 40 pounds, and I'm a skinny guy to begin with. You know, six feet tall, I was 127 pounds, lost every hair on my body. I looked very sickly. I looked like a cancer patient. And I was on death's doorway many times. You know, many times they had to delay the chemo treatment because my body couldn't have handled it. So that was the hardest physical time in my life. Well, I never anticipated the mental and emotional challenges that would follow a couple of years later, but I, I started building this anxiety and it really came to a head and you were there for me. My, in fact, my, the front row dads, you and Tim and Justin were really there for me. My, my group, my, my band a few months ago, and I'll just, I'll say this. I said it on stage. I, I text my wife. I was laying in bed for a couple hours. I couldn't fall asleep. I was just overwhelmed with life and business and all the projects I had. And I had taken on a goal to save, solve every problem that humanity is facing. That was my goal that I was working on. So yeah, solve every problem humanity is facing. Brought them my team. They're like, okay, if that's what we're doing, whatever. Can we pause for a quick second on that? Because I think that's really important to clarify. Yeah. Um, what types of problems? Because you, you know, we don't have to get super into it, but that's really big. But yeah. you, there were some specific things, right? You were watching some movies. You were having some breakthroughs. You were having a level of awareness that previously maybe maybe didn't have. Yeah. Uh, for me, it was, it was, so I, I'm a believer, like one of my first quotes that I ever wrote in a book was the moment you take responsibility for everything in your life is the moment that you have the power to change anything in your life. Right. And I think a more specific way to say that is to the degree that you take responsibility for everything in your life determines the degree of power that you have to change anything in your life. And that, that popped in my head. And I was like, I think I was watching a documentary on the plastic in the ocean, which you've taken on yourself. And uh, seeing how many, how much plastic it was actually called inside the garbage of the world, and that was kind of what sparked it. And I go, and I just went, wait a minute, I need to take responsibility as a member of humanity to solve every problem that humanity is facing. I said, I think we should all take that level of responsibility. And I thought, not that I can do it by myself, right? I'm not going to go out and fix everything. I thought, but I've got you know connections and and a platform and, and and a level of influence that I could probably, and I know a lot of people, a lot of connections. I could probably like put together the team of people, like, hey, let's figure out who's working on these areas and kind of get us all working together. And so that I became, I was racking my brain. I was googling every day, like, you know, what are the biggest problems humanity is facing? 
and I'm watching documentaries and I'm, I just went deep down the rabbit hole and that on top of trying to be the best husband and best father I could be and lead this team that I had never led before. And we had launched like 12 new projects. We have the movie coming out. We have an event we're planning for. We have mastermind meetings that right. Like it just came to a head one night and I text my wife and I said, sweetheart, I don't want you to worry. I'm not suicidal. I'm not going to kill myself, but I feel like I want to die. I cannot handle life and I don't know what to do. You know, she came in and comforted me and said, Hey, I think that sweetie, you just have a lot on your plate. You know, you need a good night's rest. And I was like, you're probably right. You're probably right. And I woke up the next morning and I had a flood of anxiety to the point where you and I were supposed to play volleyball. We do front row dads volleyball every Saturday. And I text you. I'm like, I don't think I can come. You're like, what's, are you sick? What's going on? I said, I can't explain it, but I can't see anyone right now. I don't want to see anyone. And John got worried like, oh my God, when your friend's like, you know, like hiding, you know, what's, what's going on? He said, I, why don't you come out? You, you know, being around friends is probably good. And I couldn't explain. I had never suffered anxiety where I, I didn't want to even talk to him right then. I didn't want to face anyone. I just wanted to hide from life. And uh, thanks to our, you and, you know, and our band member, Tim and Justin, uh, we got together and we kind of whiteboarded my life and realized that I had way too much on my plate. And of course, when you're trying to save the world, I also had the distinction that I have this thing that I think I need to save humanity. I just need to save my family, right? And in somehow in my mind, quantity had come above quality where it's like, well, but the world needs me. I go, no, 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 no. This woman that I married and pledged my life to and our two babies, right? 10 and seven, they're still babies to me. Uh, My daughter and son, they need me. And it's more noble it was a real paradigm shift. It's more noble for me to go deep with them than to try to change millions and millions and billions of lives. And so I don't remember the question that you asked, but, uh, but, but I mean, that, that was it. And, I, and so based on your help and Tim's help, the next day I emailed my staff and I'm like, hey, I let half of my staff go. I called John uh, Berghoff a week later. I'm like, buddy. And I was so scared to call him. I'm like, he's going to hate that. I'm telling him we can't do the event anymore. People love this event. It's, it, it makes us money. And he was such a great friend as well. He's a fellow front row dad. And, and we shut down the event and then the mastermind. And, you know, and then I canceled my speaking engagements. And you know, one by one, I kind of kept canceling these things. And now I have freedom in my schedule to actually focus on what matters most to me. Health, family, and freedom. And by committing to all these things and all these people, because I didn't want to hurt people's feelings. And also by suffering in silence, I don't want to let that go by. I was suffering in silence. This whole year I've had anxiety and depression and I'm the positive guy. I'm the guy that helps other people and inspires them. So I I didn't want to burden anyone with my issues. I don't want to burden, everybody's got their own stuff. I don't want to burden you with mine. And I think I also didn't want to make people feel like I I couldn't handle it because I was trying to help them handle it. And it was once I stopped suffering in silence, it's such an important lesson for everybody that too many of us are suffering in silence. And some of the best advice I can give you is to be vulnerable and be willing to ask for help. And the people that love you, that they will, you know, for me, once I asked for help, I, I got more of it than I could handle. And it was amazing that the wisdom I needed to solve all my problems were in my circle of influence. It was in my friend group and in my family. Cal, I love your honesty, man. It's something that I just hear it from everybody, how much they appreciate that. I remember feeling that when you were in the business of saying no, so that you could say yes to the most important things. I thought, oh, this is going to be one of Hal's greatest gifts to his community because so many people are overextended. And the thing is, all those things are great things. All the th- There's so many great charities in the world and people to meet and you know, so many places to travel to. I mean, imagine picking your next travel destination. It's like there's tons of places that are wonderful to travel to. And when you try to do it all, when you try to see it all, feel it all, hear it all, walk into a room and meet everybody that's there. It's so overwhelming. You can get nothing done. And that ability to focus in and to be able to really be present with the one person in front of you and the the project that you're you're with and to feel into that is so important. And I think that as a society, as a, a human race, that our ability to slow down a little bit. I think about Joe Sanek and his slow down school. You know, I think how many times earlier in my life I was trying to speed things up. How much more fast could I be? How much more productive? How much could I get done? And now it's going so fast at age 44, I look at my life and say, all right, whoa, how do I pump the brakes? 
how do I slow things down? How do I actually, to me, productivity is when I'm, I'm pausing more, that purposeful pause in life to just feel and see and experience and realize you can't know it all. You can't do it all. You can't, right? It's just, so I, I just love you for that, man. So, so much. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I want to acknowledge, by the way, Benjamin posted a question that I think we should get to here yeah. in just a few minutes, which is, oh, sorry, no, Benjamin, I answered your question about the family board meeting, uh, writ- a book written by uh, our mutual friend, uh, Hal and I, friend Jim Shields. Great, great book. Check it out. It's audio book too. Uh, that's a game changer. And then the other question was about your family meeting. That uh, What is a framework for a family meeting? Right? Yeah, great question. Together? Uh, and you can Google this, right? How to do family meeting, which is where I started. And um, there's a book on it as well. But the simple structure is uh, we all start by sharing a win for the week, something that went well, and something we appreciate about each person in the family, right? So, you know, my daughter will go and she'll say, I appreciate that mom takes care of us every day and she's always there when I'm sad or hurt or I need some, you know, to cry on, I can count on mom. I appreciate dad always makes us laugh and has fun with us and plays ping pong with, right? So she'll go around the circle and then we'll say, what was, and actually Ursula, my wife does, it's like, what was your rose? Uh, I think I might maybe mess this up. Your rose, your bloom and your bud or something. It's like, what went, basically what went, it's a rose, thorn and bud. Yeah. Oh, you know that, right? Yeah. Rose, yeah. thorn and bud. Yeah. So it's like, what went well, what, you know, was challenging and what are you excited for coming up? Yeah, so that's, that's how right. we, yeah. We, so since my wife's took over the meeting, not that we do the rose, bud, bloom, thorn, flower <laughs> thing. And uh, when I did it, it was much more left brain win, <laughs> loss, you know, but yeah, so that's how we start. And then uh, everybody writes down, we have a journal throughout the week and we can write down things that we want to talk about. And so we'll usually then go around the journal and say, we'll usually let my son or daughter start first and, hey, what do you, what do you guys want to talk about? Any, anything that you have on your agenda? And so they usually have something on their agenda. And then what my wife and I started doing recently is we actually do a meeting a day or two before to talk through uh, what our issues are and what we think needs to be talked about and actually try to kind of get on the same page versus just springing it. You know, I think they made that mistake the first few meetings. I'm like, I think we should do this. And my wife's like, you know, give me the look like, you should have cleared that with me. Don't bring that, you know, like, oh, my bad, my bad. So now we actually have a little marriage meeting before the family meeting, right? But uh, yeah, that's it. And then, and then we'll usually end with planning an activity together or engaging in an activity. So that's one tip we got, you know, in one of the articles we read or whatever, which is like, make sure the kids you always end with something that's exciting, right? So go out to dinner as a family or, or go out to the park and play or, or whatever. So we'll go out and play. And, and before the playing is up the planning. So we'll plan our next date night, typically plan the next date night, plan the next family board meeting, that sort of thing. Mm, very cool. Guys, thanks for the questions. Uh, I want to. We're gonna. Hal and I will dig into a couple of those right now. Does that sound good, buddy? Can we do that? Yeah, whatever you want. Okay, cool. I want to answer this next one from Jeff Stein. And sorry if I'm mispronouncing anybody's name, but uh, Jeff's basically. Uh, I'm summarizing his question here, which is shifting focus with work and your miracle morning. And what he's saying is that it's a very busy time of year for him work-wise. And so sometimes he'll shift down on his miracle morning time and devote more of that to work time. And he's wondering, you know, do you have personal criteria about how you might uh, adjust your miracle morning time based on seasons of life or time of year? Yeah. So what I will do is, yes, there's absolutely the, the, high, the big answer, big picture is there's flexibility in the miracle morning, right? I mean, you know, make it fit your lifestyle and serve its purpose. So some ways I will do it is I will do a shorter miracle morning in the morning, right? So I'll do 30 minutes. That's one option. Sometimes, depending on what I feel like I need from the miracle morning, and this is true always, not just when I'm busy, I will pick one of the savers and go deep. So some mornings, like if I have, like before a family meeting, you know, I will read this book I have on, on the family meeting, right? I'll just, I'll just read that. Or if I'm spending time with the kids or I really feel like I need to focus on my marriage, I'll just read for an hour a marriage book, right? So if there's an area of my life that needs, or a business book, it just if there's an area of my life that needs focus, I will dive in on one of the savers. When I was writing The Miracle Equation, my last book, I would, you know, scribing is one of the savers. I would often do a very short, I would read my affirmations for like five minutes that were focused on that book, why I was writing it, you know, what my purpose was in writing it, uh, what I, you know, the mindset that I needed to be the mental and emotional space to be able to be at my best to write. And I would, so I'd use like, you know, five minutes to get myself in that state. 
And then I would scribe for the next hour or so, right? So I would write, you know, write, literally write the book, which really is just a way of saying that that was my work, you know? So yeah, so, so my Miracle Morning is flexible. I'll do a shortened version often if I have extra work time or I'll do less of the sabers and also can be shortened in that, you know, just to make sure that it really supports what I need that particular day. Our next question comes from Benjamin, and uh, he wants to know about you know uh, maybe alignment with your spouse when it comes to improving your family situation. And so let me layer on a little bit of my own uh, yeah, please. You know, to this question as well, which I think whether you're listening to this, you're a man, you're a woman, uh, married or not, it, this is a relationship question in some ways, which is this is in business owners or you're on a team, right? And you're, the question is, how do you align with people, right? That's what I hear from this question. So especially maybe if you have somebody where you're not as aligned, like one person's a planner and the other one's not, right? You like to have a two-hour family meeting and somebody else is more of a 10-minute family meeting. How do you strike common ground? How do you align with the people that are most important? And one thing I want to mention about this is that we just posted a, a poll to the live attendees. And the question is, what category of life, uh, if improved upon, would have the biggest impact in your family? And I'm not shocked to see, by the way, that of the five options that we gave, marriage is the number one, right? That if improved would have the biggest impact on your family overall is your marriage. And so maybe how you can sort of loop in together here uh, thoughts on marriage, and especially as Benjamin's question says, like, hey, how do you kind of align to improve your family situation? Yeah, it's a great question. And I think it, you've got to get your your partner on the same page. And I'm not some masterful where I was just like, all right, sweetie, let's do this. And she's like, great, great. You know, so there, there was definitely some, uh, it was a long process. But, but here's what I've found is that it's about timing is that, you know, they say timing is everything. Well, here's what I find. My wife, you, you know, I have a bad memory. So I always bring things up as they happen, right? John can tell you that. Like if we're docking and he's like, oh, we should text somebody someday. I'm like, oh, pull up my phone and just do it, right? Like that's, I just take immediate action because I don't trust I'm going to remember later. And so if my wife does something that I feel like I don't align with or I feel like, you know, might be not so positive or, or I have a differing opinion or, you know, oh, we shouldn't feed that to the kids, whatever. I would always bring it up in the moment. And that would, I found, I learned the hard way after, I don't know how long it took me, probably years uh, until she, we finally had a conversation about it. And she goes, look, I understand you, little thing, you want things done differently and you have your idea of how things should be done. And I have my idea. But when you bring it up every single day, it, you know, she's like, it, it's wearing, like it's wearing. You're always, you know, your point this. So she goes, I'm just waiting for you to say something. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I don't want you to feel that way. And so we finally agreed that I would write it down. And as long as it wasn't urgent and, you know, kid wasn't in danger, which is never the case, that I'd write it down and that we would talk about it once a week when we have a one hour marriage meeting, right? And we go to a coffee shop and we chill. And because here's what she said, what it allows her to do is to get in a mindset that, okay, there's going to be some feedback and some might be, you know, constructive, critical, whatever you want to call it, right? And, uh, but she gets in that mindset versus, you know, she's frantic trying to get the kids ready and I'm, harping on something she's doing that I don't agree with, right? And it's like, that's not the right time. So that's been the biggest thing is to create some structure, some rituals for you to get aligned with your wife or your husband. And then, you know, in the same thing, so there's the marriage meeting that we do every week. And then there's the family meeting that we do every week, right? And so those, and we've only been doing, I mean, these are relatively new for our family. It's like three months old, maybe, but they have been game changers. You know, the kids are giving us feedback and we're going, oh my gosh, we didn't realize that our behavior was affecting you in that way, or that your brother's behaviors, you know, to my daughter is affecting you or vice versa. And, and having that, creating that safe space where the purpose of the meeting is to be open about, hey, here, here's how I'm feeling. Some of it's great. Some of it's, it's not so great, right? And so as, as a couple and as a family, that has been more beneficial for us to get on the same page than anything else we've done is that weekly structure, those meetings, uh, and that space where the purpose is to grow as a family. And I love the quote I heard from Robert Kiyosaki that uh, he said he and his wife do the miracle morning every day so they can grow together so they never grow apart. Mm. And most couples grow apart as time goes on, but as long as you keep growing together, you don't grow apart. So 
Yeah. You know how one of the things that I have realized in my own personal life is that the reason Tatiana, and for those of you who, who I haven't met yet or don't know, we've been married for 11 years. We have two boys, uh, Tigers 10, Oceans 5. She didn't want to have weekly meetings with me. <laughs> and, the reason, and the reason being, as I've discovered, as I've become more self-aware, one of our pillars of Front Row Dads is emotional mastery, which is about self-awareness and self-control and how uh, it's not what we're saying, it's how we're saying it right that for me it was learning that uh, my my tone my intensity my the energy that I brought to those meetings was not one that was really fun for her until I realized that it wasn't the meeting that was the problem it was how I showed up to the meeting it was my energy that I brought that was until I was sensitive enough or dialed in enough on that and learned enough about her how she interpreted that that we were then able to have more productive meetings and it's still not perfect I'll say it's not perfect at all but we are definitely making progress so that's and- weird mine is perfect <laughs> <laughs> One of the things I want to share real quick is that uh, this was something that I heard from JP Sears, who we just had time with recently in San Diego. And I think this is on one of his recent videos. It was a roomy quote that says, raise your words, not your voice. Raise your words, not your voice. That's profound. And- it, it is, man. And I have, I have it hanging right next to me right now at my desk. And this has been something that I've really been working on this year is that to me, a front row dad or a front row mom or person who is really uh, elevated in their state, they bring an energy to a situation. And so much of what we can resolve and how we can evolve is based on the energy that we bring. And, and then being able to energetically choose our words more carefully and not try to use that intense energy to move something or push something forward, but to invite people into a conversation, to let them choose to step forward and to be engaged with you. Because if you are a high-performing, hard-charging, entrepreneurial dad, which we have so many in our group, that oftentimes trying to bulldoze your way through something and, and force it into your family, into your kids, into your spouse, you know, it's, it's not going to work that way. So I just wanted to offer that own, my own personal experience with that. Well, no, and I, I can completely relate. My wife didn't want to do family meetings either or marriage meetings because she felt like it was just a dump on my wife, right? Like, because, you know, because I'm the one keeping the running list. She's kind of I like, have a checklist of all the things yeah, we're doing wrong. Yeah, exactly. But, and, and by the way, here's a really quick actionable step for you guys on how, what does that look like? My original list for the family meeting and the marriage meetings used to say, I think we should dot, dot, dot. I really think we need to stop being on our cell phones in front of the kids. I really need to think that we need to stop feeding the kids anything out of a plastic bottle. I really, right. And then I erase the, I really think we need to, right. To what do you, how do you feel about dot, dot, dot? Mm. How do you, what do you guys think about mom and dad not being on our cell phones? This was last week's was one of our topics, not being on our cell phones when we're in your presence unless it's for like a, an important thing, like we need to text, you know, somebody or, but, but not playing a game or not getting into Facebook, you know, whatever, which we would occasionally do, right? You're, you're just, you get into that zombie Facebook zombie mode. And of course the kids love, they're like, oh, we would love that. We would love that. Right. And that's an example of how simple yet beautiful, right. A, a simple question. Like, what do you guys think about us doing this and how would that be better for you? Right. What do you think about us? You know? And, and then we check in every week, by the way, we go over one other piece on the structure of the meeting for the family meeting. We go over last week's, all the topics. Hey, yeah. um, as my son, Halston, you shared that you don't like mommy, daddy fight, right? Like, how do you feel like we've done, uh, since last week? Yeah. Um, Unfortunately, the answer wasn't as positive as we had hoped. <laughs> um, but uh, and then and then Sophie, you know, you said right, like, how do you feel? You know, so yeah. so we check in and then we like renew commitments and yeah, it's you know, it's, it's similar to like a coaching call if you're in life coaching, right? Like you make a commitment, I'll do this, and then you check your coach checks in with you and you know, and you keep it moving forward until it becomes a habit and. So many of the the elements of achieving your family goals over the course of the year come down to nuances. It's it's not always about it's not working double the amount of hours. It's not it it, it, it it a lot of it is nuances, and I really want to express that because we we see that in sports and in other areas of life where it's just even a good quote. You know, a good quote is you just just a little change to the word, uh, remove one, add it right. It can either make or break a quote or a joke uh, in sports. It's a little tweak, and boy, you find that sweet spot, and and that's where it's at. It's not, it's not swinging twice as hard, right? It's not that. It's nuances. And I think family is the same way. Yeah. Uh, Hal, let's, um, I'm looking at the clock here and I want to be respectful of, uh, of everybody's time, including your own. But 
if you can talk a little bit about community for a moment going forward and specifically, you know, uh, you mentioned it at the beginning and let's talk about this because I'm imagining we, people have heard us talk about front row dads and bands and, you know, going into the, to the new year, part of what I would believe to be true of achieving your family goals is who are you going to be partnering with? And as we say in the front row community is who's in your front row, right? So when you think about front row dads, maybe you could speak to that for just a moment about yeah. how are the people in your life going to help you move forward, holding you accountable, having great conversations? How is that part of your best year ever? Here's what I realized when I joined Front Row Dads. I realized that I had a lot of friends, like you said. We'd occasionally talk about having you know, our marriage or, or, or uh, being a dad, usually when shit was going wrong, right? Like, you know, oh my God, did I tell you my kid did? Ah, is right? Like, oh, my wife said, right? You know, like, that was usually the only time it came up, right? And what it made me realize is that the arguably, not arguably, I mean, the, the most important area of my life, right? Like my family, my people, you know, I said this on stage at BYEB and it's actually, um, uh, was shared by a friend of mine, but the idea that life is just a game. Like we think, you know, we put so much pressure on achievement and success. And the reality is all that matters is you and your people, mm-hmm. your family, your friends, your, like, that's it. At the end of it, that is all that matters. And what front row dad made me realize is I invested a lot of time and money into my business people. My, 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 I was going to masterminds. I was, fl- I was leaving my kids to justify that I need to go to this four-day event in, in California, right? Because I need to learn how to do better in my business to make more money, right? Like, well, what, what am I doing it for? What matters is at home. Why am I in LA, right? And so uh, I was investing time, money, and energy into my business that was taking me further away from what I valued most. And when I joined Front Row Dads, I realized that 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 was the first time I had invested time, money, and energy into my family for my kids, for my wife. And that's been it, man. Every time I go to a retreat or we have our weekly, in our month, sorry, monthly band practice and we, the four of us meet, the Front Row Dads band, I just walk away reminded, renewed, that not only is family is so important to me, because often like, you know, we're, we usually share it at our front row dads meetings. What, what's working well, everybody shares what's not working well. And the not working well, you're like, Oh, thank God. I'm not the only one. Right. And you have somebody to kind of go brainstorm and talk to, but I tell you the what's working well, usually in the first hour of any front row dads, anything, right. I've, I've, I've got like a list of, Oh my God, here's, 13 things I'm going to imp or I'm going to start with one, but I'm going to start implementing. These are all things that could change my life as a, as a dad. And I love that one of the rules of front row dads, anything is not allowed to talk about business. I love that. Right. I love, you're not now. Sometimes we'll like sneak off in the bathroom and be like, all right, dude, I, I heard you're doing like this. <laughs> um, but for the most part, right. Like we adhere to that and it, it just, it keeps what matters most at the forefront of your mind so that you are living in alignment with what matters most to you. Yeah. And that's been front row dads for me. It's been, it's been, and I I say this unequivocally, it's been the most valuable investment of time, money, and energy that I have ever made. And that, you know, that's one of the reasons that we're here today, because I believe so much, John, in what you're doing to the point where I've been jealous. I'm like, dude, can I like be like a co like co-creator? Like I love, I love what you're doing. And it's so in my heart, it's what matters most to me. And so, yeah, man, I just, I want to share it with every dad on the planet. Well, I think it's ob- obvious to everybody who's listening that you are co-creating it. We are building this thing. And I- I'm so happy that these conversations are happening because as I shared from stage at Best Year Ever, that uh, one of our buddies and a guy in our band, Tim, your neighbor, he had said to me a couple years ago, we were having an honest conversation. I said, all right, let's be really honest. What's the thing that you could tell me that maybe you know, nobody else wants to say, but might be true, right? Where's a blind spot for me is what I was asking. And he had said, Hey, you, you know, you talk about being a great dad and all those things, but I can see room for improvement there still, right? You've made improvements, but I still see room to grow. And here's an example. And here's an example. And I see this and Boy, that type of honest conversation was a game changer for me. And the idea of not hiding, I was really good at hiding, hiding at my computer, hiding it on stage, giving keynote speeches. I was good at hiding wherever. But this was a place where uh, I really was getting better because I was having these interactions that were causing that. And the thing is that we, we said it during the show, it's kind of a theme that you'll never learn everything, but you can learn something. And that one thing can change everything. 
right? Because it is a lead domino, because it is a keystone piece of the puzzle that holds it all together or by doing this one thing changes everything. That's what we're after, right? We're not after 12 new ideas every single week. We're after that one or two ideas, even over the course of a year that could be absolutely massively influential for you and your family. So Hal, I'm so grateful that you're a part of it. I, I love doing life with you and, and, and uh, welcoming these other guys into the group. You know, big vision is we see it one day where there's hundreds of countries or, you know, a hundred countries, we say, you know, a hundred thousand members and this network for men that has never existed before that is really focused on family men with businesses, not businessmen with families. And whether you're out there listening again, and you're uh, a, a woman, a man, wherever state you are in your life, this is about community. This is about finding a community that aligns with your highest values. And you can kind of see that's been the theme of our call today. And if anybody wants to learn more, then I would say go be an investigator in any area of your life. If you're thinking, hey, this is the thing I need to do for my business. Great. If this is the thing you need to do for your family, great. Chances are this is the thing you need to do for your family if you have one. And what I mean by that, by the way, is it's your given family and your chosen family. So regardless of where you are on this call, you can choose your family and then choose how you're going to show up and support them this year. Yeah. John, so if somebody wants to join the brotherhood and be part of it, because I'm with you, I really feel like this is, you know, I told you this as probably a few months ago, but you know, my mission in life is to elevate the consciousness of humanity one person at a time. And it occurred to me one day, in fact, it was when I was having the idea that I need to solve every problem humanity is facing. I was like, John Broman solving the problem of bringing families together and elevating their consciousness as a, as a father and then as a family. And I called you and I said, John, I was like, I just, I, like, it just hit me. Like you are elevating consciousness one father at a time and then therefore one family at a time. It's funny that Front Row Dads is like, when I used to go to all these business conferences, my wife was like, no. You know, like, why are you going to another business car? I'm like, sweetie, I need to learn a new trick on how to like a new strategy or whatever. Like, right. This is the one. And I, I hear this from wives in front of, of front row dads, right? Like it's the one event that she's like, no, go, go, go. Like you've, you've forgotten all the yeah. stuff you learned at the last <laughs> retreat, like go and come back, you know, that I come back and I'm better than ever and I'm renewed and, you know, our marriage is renewed and the family and all of that. So, um, yeah. So where do people go if they want to get, get involved? Yep, absolutely. So we put together a, a special invite just for the Miracle Morning community and the Achieve Your Goals podcast listeners. If you go to frontrowdads.com slash B-Y-E, that's uh, an abbreviation for best year ever, right? So frontrowdads.com slash B-Y-E gets you to a special page just for the Miracle Morning community. We only open up enrollment a couple times a year for Front Row Dads. And this open enrollment is not being broadcast in my audience or anywhere else. It's literally just for the Miracle Morning community. So if you're listening, by the way, if you're out there listening and, and you're listening uh, on behalf of your husband, you know this is something that you might want to share with them. And if you feel like you are somebody who aligns with the idea of you know, our five pillars are intentional parenting, right? How do we become the primary educators for our kids' lives? You know, Dan Martell says, whether you're you know, home. Everybody's homeschooling their kids, whether they realize it or not. This is a, a you know integrated living, which is really um, work life harmony. How do you get both to succeed at a very high level? We have thriving relationships, which is marriage. We have emotional mastery, as I mentioned, self-awareness, self-control, and then vibrant health, mental, physical, spiritual. If you value those conversations, then this could be the community for you. So frontroadads.com slash BYE. You'll see there's an online program that you can just access on the go. You can join our live monthly calls, or you could even apply to come to one of our retreats. And this is, uh, you know, we have the one in the spring and one in the fall. We get to for a couple days and talk about the most important areas of life. So that's how people can get it. Frontroadads.com slash B-Y-E. B-Y-E. Best year ever, which we just Best came year up. ever. Yeah. Best year ever blueprint event. Awesome. Well, everybody for tuning in uh, or everyone that tuned in, I want to thank you for your valuable time and energy and attention. And I hope that um, you hearing me share a little bit about the radical changes that I'm making in my life uh, this year and going into next year. I hope that was valuable for you. And if I were to sum up anything to take away from the call, right, it's, it's those three ideas. Know yourself, love yourself, be yourself, know yourself, get clear on what your values are, your highest values, so that you can begin living in alignment with them. Love yourself, love yourself enough to shut down everything. Maybe not today. Maybe it's a six-year exit strategy on some of the things you got to change. Mine wasn't overnight, but shut down everything that is not in alignment with your values. That is, that's the key that unlocks the door to fulfillment and freedom. So you love every day because you're every day waking up and you're doing things that are in alignment 
with your highest values. And loving yourself enough to shut down things means loving yourself enough to have the difficult conversations with people that you don't want to let down, that you don't want to burden, that you don't write, but that, that you don't want to miss their expectations. But you've got to do what's right for you. you have to, your oxygen mask on first, as they say. And then number three, be yourself. Create a schedule that you wake up every day and you're excited to live it because you only get one life. This is it. We get one life and, uh, and make sure that yours is one that you love to live. And uh, for those of you that are, whether you're mom, your dad, uh, or neither, thank you for joining us. I hope you get a lot of value. And uh, John, any, any last thoughts or comments before we hang up, wrap up? No, I would just say that uh, thanks to everybody for being here and investing time and wanting to achieve your family goals. You know, if you uh, if you want more content, more information, if you like podcasts and you happen to be listening online for this, check out Front Row Dad's podcast as well, where I've interviewed Hal and other men on the subjects, the pillars that I just discussed. So we'd love to go deeper with you on those areas to support your family. And uh, a couple of people were asking about moms. They were saying, hey, when's the moms group coming to yep. life? So uh, if you want, you could check out frontrowmoms.com. You can enter your name and your email and there is a group building around that. We should have more information about that down the road. And for everybody else, if you didn't get your question answered today on the masterclass, uh, please go to Facebook and you could go to the Front Row Dads community there on Facebook. You could post a question. You could get support. Uh, and if really we just didn't get to it, and it's not any of the other places that I mentioned, just send me an email, john, J-O-N, at frontrowdads.com. And I'll try to help you. And I'll just shoot you a quick video message or give you a resource or a connection if I can be supportive. So that's it, buddy. Yeah, I do want to say that the uh, Front Row Dads Facebook group is phenomenal because you have all these members that are in the group that are learning from each other. And it's such an interact, like engaged community. Like you have a dad question or a mom question, like post it in there. And uh, whether it's on marriage or parenting, uh, yeah, you can get a lot of support. So, all right. Well, goal achievers, members of the Miracle Morning community, fans of Front Row Dads, we love you. We appreciate you. And uh, we will talk to you next time. Thanks for joining us today. Thanks for listening. To learn more about the Achieve Your Goals podcast and to get access to today's show notes, transcript, and exclusive content from Hal Elrod, visit halelrod.com forward slash podcast. Thanks again for joining us. Be sure to tune in next week for another episode of the Achieve Your Goals podcast. 